wonder what I'm going to say on my intros. I want to exit from this despair. I want to also give a warning to other creatives. Create like it's your last. Because with the reversal of role, they're not going to stop there. If you have something meaningful to say that is going to shed light and bring happiness to the world, you better do it before the conservatives decide. And that's how I want to begin my day every day, creating something new, interesting, and that's educating and expand the world instead of bringing darkness. My glow up, my glow up for real. I'm way on my way to 50,000 downloads, y'all. I want to thank everybody, the listening audience, 60, 70% in the United States, um, California, Oregon, Illinois, New Jersey are all digging me. Thank you for holding it down. This girl with the fro from Tennessee is eternally grateful. So I have had the pleasure of sitting most of this wonderful Monday recording my podcast just in time. I'm hoping I'm going to get it in time to publish tomorrow, but I came up with the outline for publishing it because I refused to watch the news today. It was just so all depressing. I did have a good time because I was confused about the winning streak of the Cowboys. How can this Opie Taylor, yes, I'm dating myself, Andy Griffith, why? And I think Ron Howard is like in his 70s now, but go figure. Why is this Opie Taylor looking mug leading my Cowboys to the best season in the last maybe five or six years because I remember the last time there was a quarterback controversy that's how Dak Prescott got his job and Tony Romo lost his job and before he got his job uh, Troy Aikman had some injuries and Tony Romo was the backup quarterback. So why are we now back to using second and third screen quarterbacks, saving the day and creating problems? I just bought, well, let me stop lying. I bought my Dak Prescott gear um, a number of years ago. And I was just so happy with him and Zeke. um, And before he went off of his meds. Oh, what was that other... Uh, one, his name actually escapes me because as soon as he left the Cowboys, I hung up the jersey and he basically went down into Instagram history for saying dumb shit on Instagram. So I don't think I'm going to be buying any gear from this dude um, just because I am a Dak Prescott fan. I will be buying gear i hope he doesn't get hurt after i buy this jersey because then i will be highly upset 
and I'm going to have to actually um, look up this dude. I need to get me some Demarcus Lawrence on. Um, Light and Vander Esch has been up there for a minute. Michael Parsons. I'm just so happy and just so proud of the defense uh, for this 2022 state. Um, I'm have to get a bigger uh, Zeke jersey because I've kind of expanded vert uh, horizontally, but. The season ex itself is exciting. Um, I don't foresee myself flying back to Dallas or even to go up to FedEx Station, FedEx Station, FedEx Stadium to watch a game um, because number one, I'm, I don't feel comfortable getting on an airplane and, and it's still too kind of far away uh, for me to drive. I mean, this 11 and 12 hour trips that I'm taking to um, Virginia is almost trying to kill a sister, but every I go back, come back home every two to three weeks, so it's no big. I think, although I just realized, I'm gonna be coming back to Virginia like in November anyways, um, and I wasn't planning on being here. I was, for the premiere, I wanted to go see the premiere of uh, Wakanda Forever, but I think, if I do this right, I may actually just be come back and it'll be my last time during the winter um, to come back home like during Thanksgiving. Like spend the week of Thanksgiving here and then bounce back and go back um, to Tennessee and then spend the rest of the season like Christmas um, in at home. Um, trying to get somebody to actually get my um, light show together uh, for the Christmas season. It was fun and it was dramatic last year, but I wanted to be just as lit literally this past year. But I say all of that to say is life doesn't always go as planned, but you can never stop making plans. And just like the season, although the season is winning, I don't think everybody was expecting us to have these type of games with a third string quarterback, but at the same time, we're still winning and I'm still here for it. But no, am I going to buy, I don't even know this dude's name. I don't think I'm going to buy his gear. I'm just gonna make some arrangements on the uh, update, my Cowboys gear, even for my dog and keep it pushing. Um, I'm just glad that I'm actually having so much fun. I'm actually, I think being back here also in Virginia, they have, even though it's on Fox, they actually are playing more of the Cowboys, um, the Cowboys, because I think of player haterism um, on the local stations here more so than when I'm at home anyways. So if I get to watch it, uh, on a great widescreen LG TV flat screen. I'm cool with it, but I'm just very confused. We have, it appears that we're going to have another uh, quarterback controversy just like we have had in the last three or four primetime quarterbacks in the last several years but what makes me mad is Dak Prescott 
as a marquee quarterback has the shortest run um, of any of them because I always keep at the back of my mind. Jerry Jones is, like most of them, are low-key racist. And he, I don't think he will hesitate to sit Dak Prescott's butt down um, because he believed in Tony Romo for years in spite of his lack of getting us even to the playoffs and definitely no Super Bowls. Same thing with Troy Aikman, um, but you best believe he will sit his black ass down uh, in light of the fact of this white boy coming up and showing out and winning games because that's all he seems to be pressed about. When they said that he should have replaced Tony Romo years ago, he was still hesitant. He was very hesitant of getting Dak Prescott the multi-million dollar uh, contract in spite of his stats. But he seemed to give preference to all the little white players. I'm just saying, keep that in the back of your mind. I almost, I don't want to be on some hotel uh, conspiracy-ish, but that's how I feel. And that's what makes me so mad that this guy, he's getting all these minutes, but he's still winning games. I'm like, oh, I don't want to see them win, lose, but dang, watch what I say. I'm going to call this one. I honestly think if he continues to perform as well as he has been and putting up the numbers, I don't think Dak Prescott is going to come back. And that is will hurt my heart. Shortest marquee quarterback in the league. He had a very short run, and he's getting ready to. It feels like kind of he's getting ready to be replaced by Opie Taylor 2.0. And that puts the fear, and I'm very fearful for him. One of the things that I do like about technology is when I actually take the time to get to use it and use it effectively is my new AMP channel that I have sat this morning and I actually um, created a playlist which is filled with soul and R&B from the late 60s, 70s, 80s, and even 90s. And I get to feature and talk about interesting aspects of all of the artists that I feature on the list. But what I don't think AMP really allows you to do is to create a list and curate a list that is savable uh, for not only the creator, but for also the audience. So I have to also separately not only look up information on the individual artist, but also um, record live on Logic Pro and then uh, have a separate playlist on iTunes. And it's very time consuming, but you know, I like doing it. And um, hopefully, I won't be doing it just as a passion project. Other people will take listen and will actually um, hit me up for advertising because it's a great way because of the extra, I don't have to worry about the extra expense from um, having a sync license. I can actually utilize both iTunes and AMP to play the music and just talk about interesting aspects about the stars. 
uh, one of the majorly um, represented stars on my amp playlist and iTunes is Johnny Taylor, for example. Actually, he died in Dallas, well, in Duncanville at Charlton Methodist back in 2000 at the age of 66. Um, I have him, I think it's the first song on, one of the first several songs on the Ant Playlist, Who's Making Love to Your Old Lady. He released that in 68. He had a very um, wide range and fan fabulous um, career. But what mo he's mostly, or what is featured prominently is the mess <coughs> that was his personal life. Three baby mamas, six children, and the execution of his will um, after his death, his sudden death at 66. Mm, sounds familiar, what me and my sister are going through, or went through. I also have many Ripperton featured, um, Loving You, um, or is one of the songs that I played. She's actually from the Bronzeville, Chicago neighborhood from the South Side. And she's also known as Maya Rudolph's mother. Had a very wide and wide ranging career, but was taken too soon for metastatic breast cancer at the age of 31. And I always have, you know, um, contributed and I used to participate in Race for the Cure uh, because of the Susan Coleman, um, but Minnie Ripperton, more talented, she was also taken away from probably the same type of aggressive breast cancer as the white girl was. But anyways, Smokey Robinson, between the failure of the rhythm method and his music as a single artist, solo artist and part of the miracles is why uh, the population of the United States is what it is. Uh, very wide ranging career. I didn't know he hasn't had red meat since the early 70s. And he also uh, practiced transcendental uh, meditation, whatever that is. Go ahead on smoking. He's in his 80s too, y'all. Not born in 1940. Peebo Bryson. Um, I remember Peebo from like the 80s and 90s. A lot of his music featured heavily um, as uh, wedding marches or whatever. Um, but he's had a wide ranging career and I didn't know he actually ran up. I was actually really happy to find out his net worth was like 10 million, but, um, but he also ran up negative or to the left of the IRS and he had a big auction uh, of his um, personal items back up back in 2003. He had a heart attack in 2019, which he's made a full recovery for. I didn't know the whispers um, started in Watts in 64 and ended up uh, having major hits um, throughout the 70s, 80s, 90s, and they're still actually active. I didn't know that they were a five-piece uh, group, and when one of their members died of prostate cancer, they never replaced them, and they started and continued to perform as only a quartet. And then there's Stephanie Mills. Uh, recently, in 2020, 
her and Shaka Khan, and she was just so gracious, uh, has had a, a wide career. What I found fascinating about her is her time at Motown. She, even though she has a very prolific and wide ranging catalog, none of her song or none of her albums when she was signed with Motown ended up being number one. It was before and after her time at Motown um, that she went to number one, which I thought was absolutely crazy. And who else I have on my list? Um, I have, of course, Marvin Gaye, Killed by His Father, Melvin the Blue Notes of Note. Um, Teddy Pendergrass was a part of that group. Um, and the emotions. I forgot to look up. Who are these people? The emotions page. They also started in Chicago. And they were named initially gospel. Then it got into R&B and disco. And they were named by VH1. Um, as the most influential groups of all times and had performed with Mahalia Jackson. Heart Association. They also, when they joined Columbia and they uh, associated with Maurice White from Earth, Wind & Fires when they saw their biggest success. Um, this group also is featured prominently in this week's uh, my amp and just navigate, download, or listen, use the web browser to listen to my show on Mondays after four o'clock most days. Um, I will provide and sing, um, uh, just a whole litany of artists from several decades, the previous 50, uh, as well as, uh, musical genres, predominantly soul R&B, some disco, hip-hop, and jazz. How all of those genres are influenced by the other and how they've all expanded by the influence of each other. So check it out and let me know what you vibe with and what you don't. Um, and send me a line, either DM me on Instagram or check me, or um, DM me on Instagram or check me out or at uh, TV Food and Wine Girl on Twitter, or just send, drop me a non trolly message at on Tinfro is reading at gmail.com and just and I'll even read your suggestions and your letters on the show. You know, the analytics behind my podcast are varied um, on Anchor FM as well as on. Uh, Podbean, you get like an age range of people that actually listen to you. Um, it appears that the people that listen to the podcast are basically my age range, like from 49 um, to 60. Um, I don't pretend to know everything about popular culture. I don't pretend to know everything about life because by nature, I am reclusive, and I'm proud to be reclusive, but there are certain things that I want to offer to other people that either look like me or at least my same age um, that are interested in, 
even though I have no desire to get back on the dating apps and to get back on um, uh, or to go out and be in somebody's club at some super spreader event, I just can't imagine doing that at this age. I was out there for a minute. I've never been married. I've never been proposed to. Um, there are a lot of reasons for that. I started, the people that I was meeting either through my job or the two people that I had engaged with on the dating apps, it was not positive. Um, the experiences were off. Um, but why write about something that I know nothing about and why not present other interesting uh, relationship issues uh, with the public because that's what you know middle-aged people want to know about and it's more exciting than talking about menopause and hysterectomies and bladder leakage because that's kind of gross but anyways so I started looking through reddit for club stories and middle-aged dating on medium and this is a I came across a very interesting uh, medium story uh, by somebody by the name of um, Debbie Weiss, who heads the uh, more from P.S. I love you in relationships, which I'm getting ready to click on and follow uh, right now. I'm finding that I have I have a, a like a, a subscription to medium, which I very seldom use. Um, I was using my own stuff and for my, to present my own stuff, but there are a lot of great writers. There's the hundreds, probably hundreds of thousands of writers on Medium. I don't need to waste my time um, and not get any partnerships, etc., on it. I'll just use it to basically either promote my blog, my own blog, but use it for other writers who are doing the damn thing. I I can support that. You know what I'm saying? very annoying that it kind of did that but anyways <clears throat> this is the article the biggest problem with middle age dating living in the past <clears throat> and you know it's going to be some BS when the author starts out with when I started dating at 50 after losing my husband my biggest surprise was that everyone was disillusioned most of the men I met weren't expecting much beyond an empathy machine. One long single guy. One long single guy opened our date with I realized I, I realized I, I was so excited to meet you because you haven't been divorced. So you're not broken like the rest of us. Um no, I was widowed and in my own kind of fresh hell. But I wasn't yet disillusioned. I had a long marriage to a good man to whom I'd still be married if he hadn't died. I assume the men I met were like me, perhaps sad and lonely, looking for love, hopeful they would find a good woman, but they weren't. They acted as they already knew nothing was going to work out. They were entrenched in their past and had little to offer except weariness. Most implied, <coughs> I was going to have to change to suit them no making extra effort to come to my suburban town. They didn't seem, even seem to want sex so much as they demanded I listen to their woes. Why the undercurrent of hostility? I hadn't even had a chance to mess up yet. Then I finally realized these guys were living in the past. 
stewing in their prior partner's alleged faults, which often looked a lot like exacting revenge. I'm gonna skip down. The word I kept hearing was pay. They kept saying no one paid enough, which I took to mean emotionally, but my days described financially because men are generally more comfortable discussing monetary rather than emotional costs. I finally realized they didn't care who I was because they never saw me. They saw only the past women who disappointed them and they weren't about to let that happen again. Not the ex-wife who got the house and the dog, nor the hottie who got the, him to pay for everything, nor the mature woman who didn't do enough for them. I hear these men's stories and I wonder, What's the woman's side? I guess the guy vilifying his ex-wife for being demanding during their marriage wasn't emotionally present for her. Or I imagine that the much younger woman he was complaining about finally started to make reasonable demands of her own. Or the last woman who dumped him got tired of his coming over and bringing nothing, not love or shred of empathy or even a dessert. Dating felt like an exercise in revenge. Whatever happened and had in the past, these men, guys weren't going to let it happen again. And I better damn well know it. So they were super busy and I better be available on command. They offered coming to their house that night and hanging out watching movies as a second date. They picked expensive restaurants and ordered high-end wines without checking with me. Mansplain over dinner, then said afterwards, oh yeah, we're splitting this. It all felt like a power struggle. But I was so polite back then. I'd be pleasant, proffer my credit card when asked, and never see them again. They'd be surprised. But then they never knew me. I, too, became disillusioned. I started putting men in categories soon after meeting them. This guy's one of those I've been fucked over by women types. This man is one of the dog trainer who wants someone to jump when he calls. This cowboy boot wearer is one of the aging Lotharios who wants easy sex but tries to make it sound like an exercise in personal growth. One of the reasons I fell in, my, fell in love with my current partner is because he had a sense of wonder. He asked me lots of questions about myself. He read everything out there I'd written. He was so happy every time he saw me, like getting together was something he'd been really looking forward to. I was a brand new person, not the reincarnation of failures past. I mean, that one sentence basically says it all. It's as, as if she basically verbalized what I've been too scared to admit to myself. I don't want to go through any of this. The dog trainer dudes, someone sizing me up against what they had before or society or just getting some really messed up MFers that think I'm supposed to fix them. I'm just too lazy. I don't feel like doing any of that. But you won't know unless you get out there. And I'm just basically here to tell you, I'm just really not all that interested in getting out there because these people are crazy. If these women, if you have to do this, go through the effort and you get these fools, what if I'm just good by myself? I'm actually having a lot of fun being by myself because I don't want to go through that not that nonsense and I don't want to be in a relationship or have companionship that much that I'm absolutely able to not settle because that's what how it would feel and I want to basically tell these the to the cowboy boot wearer to the crazy dick 
impose cars to somebody that wants their mama or a jump off. Um, to the toxically jaded, I think that is the perfect description. This is her answers because she said, well, well, thanks. I'm leaving now. No, I don't want to hear about the fifth woman who trashed your faith and love. Okay, gotta go. It's been over an hour. And I know all about your ex-wife's spending habits, but you haven't asked me one question about myself. And besides, bruh, I got my own bank account and I got the spending in check. My credit is over 700. I ain't got time for that bullshit. If someone is spending your time... Oh, no, I don't want to come over. I just met you and that's creepy. And you may be the black Jeffrey Dahmer. If someone is spending your time explaining how pissed off or devastated he is by other women, you deserve someone who is present, who's loved this life. And as we're learning, it's more finite than we thought. And it's interesting being you and being with you and your experience. It being with you is a new and improved experience and it is going to be a new adventure. That's who you should be focused on and not focused on someone that is stuck on stupid and living in the past and that is toxically jaded. From the first couple of sentences, when they just continue to talk about past relationships for the first 10 minutes of the date, that is a definite stop sign that you need to give them one of those explanations why you fitting to get up from the table and bounce. You don't need to waste your time on the toxically jaded. So what is on the mind of other people and other people that date over 40? Um, there seems to be a breakdown in communication for a variety of reasons. Instead of people reaching out to the person that they want a relation with, they would rather go on social media and seek advice from absolute strangers. It's like they're going to pull, how are they going to pull these comments um, to making that will allow them to make an informed decision. And this is a, something I took from Reddit, um, returning to dating. It says, guys, a curious question. Women who return to the dating pool after a gap could be due to personal reason. Do they usually take it slow when it comes to getting intimate? When one is eager to understand the compatibility aspect? Also, are they usually rusted on the first few dates? Huh? Does culture also play a part? And I thought it was funny that an advertisement for Grubhub, it says hungry, thirsty, because this sounds like a thirsty ass question to me, which I just find completely funny, you know, in a lot of respects. So, and I'm looking at my dog while she's trying to decide if she go pee. You try to pee on there? Go ahead. It is you. But anyways, so there's somebody that answered it is, was it me the whole time? It says, I can't put my finger on what makes me uneasy about this question, but it really seems evident that there's a lack of communication between you, OP, and the person you are dating. Because you are here asking strangers why she would won't have sex with you instead of asking her. And you are asking strangers if when she finally does have sex with you, it will be rusty as if you don't understand the way 
a woman's body works. A woman who enters back to the dating pool in midlife after a long period of being single, which includes a long period of no sexual activity, needs to feel comfortable and supported and be able to really communicate with their partner in order to feel comfortable because, and this may shock you, women's bodies change just like everybody's else's as they grow older and it's not rusty, it's aging and menopause and hormonal shifts and a whole lot of other stuff that can be uncomfortable to talk about unless you have a partner who is sensitive, understanding, takes the time to understand aging and anatomy and doesn't refer to easing back into physical intimacy as being rusty. Sorry, these are things people don't like to talk about, but if you're going to be in an intimate relationship, you really need to be able to talk about these things. These are the parts of growing older that a lot of people don't want to hear when they are talking about online dating and hooking up and meeting people and having sex right away. A lot of people seem to think that the phrase is like riding a bike applies throughout your entire life. In reality, use it or lose it becomes more the case. Understanding your body, understanding your partner's body is a must when you're not teenagers anymore. Just some real talk. Stop using the word rusty and stop asking strangers why your partner is taking it slow. If you can't ask your partner in or your partner can't answer you, neither of you are ready. That is such facts. And I, it's like that's like a drop the mic moment right there. I don't even need to add to that because I find it. It was just really confusing that this person would use rusty and the lack of communication with the partner and putting such a sensitive question online. Although it helped me with this segment of my podcast. It's it's so crazy that how people use the worldwide nature of the internet to actually pull answers to get a consensus when the answer lies with the person that they need to question. I find it rich, but I'm glad wasn't me the whole time answered him so succinct succinctly and beautifully. You can check out the whole letter as well as the response um, from that Reddit thread in my blog notes at dellsangelsinc.blog on WordPress. It is really sad that the only reason that you make this list is because you are a donkey or anybody knows of your of your status is because you are a donkey. Well, I've added to my list and kept some other people on it. Number one added to the list is Nori Martinez. She was the president of the council for LA. She had to be removed and I was like why did she resign why did she resign after making racist remarks but then I was like oh okay so what did she say so it took a couple of clicks in news in the LA Times basically said she had a tape conversation evidently in an open meeting stating a white council member handled his young black son as though he were an accessory and described Councilman Mike Bonin's son as a Parisi Chinquito or like a monkey. 
All right, girl. I'm not sure if you can get fired from the council in L.A., but that that shit will get you fired or at least get you censured or boycott your ass by the NAACP. Evidently, she forgot she is brown and other two. But that's what people do when they are affected by white supremacy and under the influence of racists. They feel that they are comfortable because they're not as dark as me to say some BS stuff like this in an open setting. Who does that except for in this post-Trump time? Herschel Walker, when you got other people like the Georgia's Republican Lieutenant Governor said he's gonna save his vote uh, from him I hope when, but there's nothing that can change the fact that Republican equates to fascism, it equates to racist, it it equates to dumbasses. This one lone Republican basically saying he's not going to vote is a recipe for people like McConnell and old in the closet Lindsey Graham coming after him and basically maybe he knows he's on his way out. Because they're, it, I really think that they're getting ready to flip Georgia blue with the election of Senator Warnock for a longer U.S. Senate term. And they're so desperate, the Republicans that is, are so desperate to basically flip the Senate that they would support a CTE dumbass like... Herschel Walker, who basically stands for nothing and is out and out lying. He is a uh, abuser. He's hiding kids. And he basically has done the reverse of everything he says he stands for now. So he'll be on my list for a minute, along with every Republican like the Lindsey Grahams and, and, War, and um, uh, Mitch McConnell's. And also, I kept the um, Cardassian followers um, on my list. But besides that, I want to give everybody that has thinks that they're registered because they're purging voter uh, ballot rolls, etc. You can go ahead and navigate to my Dells Angels Inc. blog and check. Um, the link and your to see what the status is of your voter registration at vote.org. Um, and we got to vote this coming midterm um, elections like our lives depend on it. But check your registration, y'all. And in Georgia, y'all can't F this up. Uh, vote Warnock for senator. Vote Stacey Abrams and her and a new administration in because y'all have to be the beacon of reason in the South. Um, also, Texas is another thing. Beto O'Rourke be doing some stupid, has been saying crazy stuff, but you can't leave people like Greg Abbott in charge. Also here in Tennessee, um, we don't need um, that other cape hood wearing governor of mine um, to also vote to also be another six years of shenanigans. I, I'm i just floored by the level of 
just depravity and fascism that's going on in my state. I've been shaking my head for a long time. They've actually stopped gender affirmation care um, at Vanderbilt, leaning into the pressure of a bunch of conservative and Republican um, senators. Y'all just making it too easy for me to get the hell up out of here. Doing basic maintenance on my house in a place that I thought was going to be my forever home. I'm looking at all y'all sideways because it's becoming more and more uncomfortable. And I'm having less and less reason besides no state income tax um, to stay in Tennessee. But y'all crazy. And also, Kanye, bruh, please just take your meds already. He's rambling on and showing porn uh, to Adidas representative. He's going off and on Lizzo and calling her weight problem demonic and just acting and wilding out. I have no reason at all to less reason to look at the news, but y'all just making it way, way too easy for me to keep adding y'all and doing follow-ups on things because it is obvious. I'm glad they banded him from Instagram and Twitter. And I'm sure with this last rant um, on YouTube, they are, he's basically, he has to be breaking some rules on YouTube. Um, they banned him from Instagram and Twitter because he made some anti-Semitic remarks about um, Puff Daddy of all people who I think reached out to him in his last break um, as his brother and only as another guy can. But saying he's being ruled by um, the Jewish people. I just... He is just so on one. I think he's a donkey, but I do not think he's in his right mind. Can somebody, they need to go see about him and consider a 72-hour hold somewhere and just evaluate him and see if they can talk this mug into being, get on some meds or some other mood stabilization because it appears with these pressure thoughts, flight of ideas, and randomness. There's no creative creativity um, that's worth all of this. There's no amount of money. He is on one full one. It appears that he is in a manic episode. Somebody needs to get him. And I don't know who that is. But somebody needs to get him. I would be concerned about him if I don't think that He's just on one and he's refusing care, but it is obvious that he is not capable of making an informed decision at this time. I just wish he would take his meds and get off of social media until he gets straight. I just wish that for him. And also Lizzo claps back at this fool with, I feel like everybody in America got my motherfucking name in their motherfucking mouth. For no motherfucking reason. I'm minding my bl fat, black, beautiful business. She later inquired if she could stay in the country and asked the crowd who she can marry for dual citizenship. Okay, that's funny. And that's how you get back. 
with being kind of gangster, low-key, read, but I love every minute of it. And Rob Weiner basically sums up that Kanye West is a mentally ill anti-Semite. Turboville is a racist. Walker is a moronic liar. Donald Trump is a fascist criminal. Welcome to today's Republican Party. My sentiments exactly. And as I wind up this show, I'm still very excited about the release of Wakanda Forever. I've heard some people conjecturing that um, the star writer, producer, director of I May End You is the next um, queen of Wakanda, but that's kind of weird because I'm not sure why um, the king's sister, who is currently, why can't she be? But I'm so looking forward to it. Um, the trailer that I actually published on um, and retweeted, and as part of the full blog notes, um, you have to rewatch it. And I'll try to update it if there's another uh, trailer release in the upcoming, the run up to the November 11th release. Um, also, still the funniest recap of House of the Dragons is the black guy who tips Rod and Karen. Um, last week's recap episode, Ray Ray's Kids, is freaking hysterical. And if I get, if I don't get this uh, podcast back, I can't wait to see because I haven't watched it yet. This week's um, House of the Dragons. And they usually publish their recaps on Wednesday. Um, it's already Monday. I probably won't get the editing back from this podcast until then. And you got to um, listen to that podcast. Uh, again, The Black Guy Who Tips, Ray Ray Kids. It's episode 2613. It is freaking hysterical. You can listen to it on Crowdcast or Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. I kept the Black Hamptons in because I tried to support as much of our people as possible, but probably I'm going to take that down next week because the Real House of Potomac um, has also, uh, they had their premiere yesterday on Bravo, um, and these women are so shady and petty, um, and it cracks me up that nobody officially really lives in Potomac anymore. Karen, and I believe... um, What's that other girl, pretentious girl? They're both renting, but I think Petty um, Giselle is lives on the outskirts of Potomac. Um, Robin, she's getting her house built, but I don't think she lives in Potomac. Um, so I think what's a girl named Amber that's married to the seventy-five thousand-year-old? She is trying to get him to buy a house out of the high rise, but they're supposed to be divorcing. I just can't with these women. But it is a romping good time, just very similar to um, 90 Day Fiance. You can't beat the trashiness. Um, all I got to say to that is Shaida blink three times if you need help, girl. So that's how we're going to end this episode. And 
I'm going to end it with a, po a positive word. I used to scoff at people making this statement because maybe because of its simplicity or maybe because it sounded more like an admonishment that I was being everything but kind. But then when I started investigating it for myself, that's when I realized that I was confusing politeness with kindness. Politeness is a fake superficial manner in which there's no required investment, no self-reflection. But being kind is an adjective. It is, on, it is an action. If you're kind to yourself first, it's like exercise memory. You will continue and be kind to others. Let that sit with you for a while. I'm gonna to try to be kind to myself. I'll be kind to others. It's very simple and you gotta repeat it. Lean into the spirit of a new year by counting your blessings, giving to others and spreading happiness. I know I will. And this episode or this podcast is my means to spread joy and happiness and light and enlightenment. There's so much going on with aggression and um, just meanness. But if I can leave you with one small positive thought, start your day with that, that can change everything for you and, and just basically change your day. Don't forget to check out Dale's Angels Inc. for the notes on this podcast, as well as other works by CQM in um, that are and other contributors that are in work or in um, being edited right now. Um, also, check out my Instagram feed, Tenfro is Reading. You can check me out on Facebook, Tenfro is Reading Book Club, as well as my YouTube channel, Tenfro is Reading and Eating. And what I'm just chatting and streaming um, at TV Food Wine Girl on Twitter. Uh, navigate to Writer's Block Coffee or shipabagaddicts.com. Use my promo code Tenfro Coffee or Tenfro Got Jokes, respectively, to get a percentage off of your order. Don't forget to drop me a line at tenfrowisreading at gmail.com. Um, all non-trolly messages may be actually uh, read online, and you can do the same if you are in Podbean or Anchor or wherever you listen to the podcast. And again, shedding light and positivity, and I hope you guys enjoyed this episode as much as I've enjoyed creating it. Until next time, bye.